I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right. It's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and their effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program is Mr. John Greenberg talking about technology is reinventing sport. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world-famous question of the week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. show. Well, in the world of sports, many new technologies have been implemented over time and over the years that have changed sports forever. Well, how have advances in HD cameras, social media, and high-tech websites influenced how fans interact with sports? Well, joining us today to discuss this issue is Mr. John Greenberg. Mr. Greenberg is the noted sports historian and nonfiction author of numerous books on legendary college football teams and Hall of Fame coaches, including the grand old man, Amos Alonzo Stagg. And he joins us today to discuss this fascinating topic. Uh, Mr. Greenberg, thank you very much for joining us. Well, thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's certainly our pleasure. And um, uh, how did you become interested in how uh, technology is reinventing sports? Well, when I first started learning about uh, the sports of football, baseball, basketball, all the major sports for that uh, matter, uh, I really uh, understood in the beginning that I had to be aware of the technology that was involved. Because I learned these games by watching them on television. And that in itself uh, got me to thinking, uh, what was the advantage of even going to the stadiums? Because I could sit and and watch a whole uh, smorgasbord of games on a Saturday afternoon uh, without uh, going through all of the uh, logistics of going to the stadiums. And it set me to thinking that really and truly I was probably a child of technology. And when I was thinking about uh, all of these games, I was uh, going back and, and learning about uh, what the conditions were like uh, back in the well, the turn of the century or get into the 1930s or get into the 1940s. Uh, in the 1930s, there were... Um, not that many uh, college teams that had electronic scoreboards or Major League Baseball teams. People were actually putting the numbers on the scoreboards up by hand. They would insert numbers into slots in the scoreboard. So from that aspect, uh, I think uh, I've always had to have an appreciation of technology in order to be a, a really good sports fan because without technology, uh, most of us uh, wouldn't uh, be able uh, to enjoy uh, sports to the degree that we do. And in some ways, technology almost enhances the experience as opposed to, it's just a very different experience, really, than being there in person. It, it absolutely is, because the, the biggest uh, kick that people get from being in the stadium is that they feel that they're part of a big crowd. It would be like going to a rock concert, you know, with the mosh pits and, and all that and all the people jumping around. And and that's what uh, uh, college and, and probably pro football is capitalizing is on the uh, all the fan interaction, the college football especially, 
because all the each of these college stadiums uh, they have a nickname for themselves like Arizona uh, calls themselves the Zona Zone <laughs> and Arizona just uh, had a, a very uh, well you really wouldn't like to see it because it's not really great uh, sportsmanship or, or anything to that degree but uh, there was this incident just a couple of weeks ago where this uh, this student uh, put on a he he changed into a mock referee uniform and then he he ran out onto the field during a timeout and he stripped it off and he stripped down to a very brief uh, uh, bikini like shorts and of course he was hauled away by the uh, security guards but this was all captured by one of his cohorts on a video from a cell phone and it was uploaded onto YouTube and and he has gotten his 15 minutes of fame because of that now now this is this is something that points up the good and the not so good aspects of technology when it comes to uh, college sports and I, I don't think something like that would would likely to be happening in an NFL stadium because of all the security involved. But it it helps the fans really become a part of everything, even though they could be sitting uh, thousands of miles away, because of uh, Twitter and uh, cell phones and television and, and internet, everything else. It really it, it really brings the whole world into all of these stadiums and all of these arenas where these games are being played. Uh, when you look at the history of professional sports, does it seem like football was early to adopt many of these new technologies? Yes, absolutely, because baseball is very tradition-bound. Okay, baseball, the, the magic of baseball is that you can compare the feats of the players, the accomplishments of the players on the field in 2011 with the players going back into the 1900s or 1800s even. You can't do that with football. It's a completely different game. But the NFL today is a completely different game in 2011 than it was in the 1970s. It's a completely different game than it was in the 1930s and 40s. There's no way that you can compare the players. So uh, the NFL got into technology because it's the ideal sport for television. If you think about it, the football field that's 100 yards long, it just, it, it just fits. Uh, it's the ideal size for a big, wide shot. And that uh, is, is really, actually it was college football that got the television into it because uh, college football offered the Rose Bowl. And the Rose Bowl uh, was accompanied by the Rose Parade. So you had a whole, uh, you know, late morning and uh, afternoon of entertainment. And this was uh, something that the TV networks uh, latched onto. And you will notice that for many years the Rose Parade was carried on all of the major networks. At the same time, it was an absolutely huge event, a New Year's Day tradition. And so uh, the NFL... They really uh, weren't accepted by television uh, until they had that Colts-Giants sudden death overtime championship game in 1958. And after that, then uh, the NFL arrived on Madison Avenue, and it just got bigger and bigger. And now it's to the point where uh, the NFL is basically controlled by television. 
The bulk of the revenue that comes into the NFL comes from television, and it has become a television production. And the same with college football. It's You can just open up the papers and you see all these schools that are jumping from one conference to another, all because of television revenue. So television has basically taken over. Uh, you, you could almost say that television has taken over all of these professional sports. Because the, the biggest difference in Major League Baseball between the haves and the have-nots is the television revenue that comes in. And this, what is television? Television is just another instance of technology. It, it's got to, just think about this. The NFL was the first to really bring in instant replay. So now there is an official position in the officiating crew called replay officials. And the replay official... He has to uh, be supported by a video operator, by a technician, and by a communicator. So that's three other positions in addition to this replay official. And now they automatically review every score. They automatically review every play after the two-minute warning and every play in overtime. So, you know, you, you, you think, well, television is, is basically – they are they are pretty much in control of, of what's going on in the National Football League. It is essentially being driven by by money, even more so in, in college ball. Is it somewhat disturbing that that's the case? It, it is disturbing because of the fact that the essence of college football is the big game, meaning the big game with your rival. And now these conference breakups, a lot of these rivalries are going to go by the board. And we were, I was talking about the Rose Bowl game. The Rose Bowl game is now just another bowl game. And all of this is because the television uh, networks want to have a national championship game. You know, a uh, hundred years ago, there was no, in, the, the coaches and the people who ran the NCAA did not really want to have a national championship game. You know, the national championship was something that was voted upon, and then a trophy was was given. Well, uh, it, it is completely that is that is not the case at all. And the only problem with the college uh, football and this striving to be uh, national champions, and that's all the emphasis is on, is that it it really hurts the game because. Uh, you know, there's instances where a team can get off to a very slow start, and then they can beat their rival in the big game in the last weekend of the season, and then their their season is something to be celebrated because they won the bragging rights uh, until the next season. Well, with all of this emphasis on, on possible playoffs and national championships, this is pulling away from it. And it's just going to make it harder for the, the schools that are not in that elite bunch of, of 15 schools that are vying to be number one. Um, college football is, is something that uh, is used to be supported by people who really, it would be nice to win the national championship, but actually they were more interested in their conference championship. They were more interested in, in their neighborhood rivalries. But, uh, you know, things are changing, and uh, unfortunately, it's all coming down to money uh, because these schools, uh, with their athletic programs, the money that comes in from football supports 
those entire athletic programs, including women's athletics. And that's the way it has to be according to uh, Title IX with the uh, federal laws. The, the, the money's got to come from somewhere. They have to have sports for women. The uh, women's sports just do not generate the income that's needed to support them. And a lot of men's sports, they, they don't generate any money. The money's got to come from somewhere. And the colleges and the college presidents are going along with this idea that we're going to have to get as much money out of our football programs as possible. And, and that's a disturbing thing because that leads into to other things. The NCAA, incidentally, was never really uh, founded to be dealing with television. It was there strictly to be dealing with the rules of how the game was played and the eligibility of the players. And the eligibility of the players were, was pretty much a, a cut-and-dried situation. And the recruiting uh, violations, uh, you know, if it was almost uh, like golf, where it was endeavor that was very closely involved with being a gentleman, being a, a great representative for your school, not so much that we're bringing uh, athletes in here to win at, win at all cost. We want people that are going to be great representatives and great alumni in the future that will be sending their kids to school there and will be uh, uh, contributing and backing uh, that school from now until the rest of their life, and that's why they called it the alma mater, our mother, <laughs> the school. Well, there's a whole bit of uh, big, big divergence between that and, and the contending for the BCS championship. So it, it is disturbing. But, uh, you know, getting back to technology, just look at this instant that happened uh, the other night. Baseball is still Tony La Russa, St. Louis Cardinals. He wasn't able to get the right relief pitcher because there was a foul-up on the bullpen telephone. You know, this is an age where everybody's got cell phones and you've got computers to keep track of every pitch. Why are you still operating with a bullpen cell phone? And it wound up uh, costing them a ball game, a very important ball game. So technology, it is very, very, very important in the world of sports. What about all the new Internet-based technologies? How's it driving? Technology is, is really helping to expand an interest in sports. Now, whether it's appreciation or not, let's just talk about fantasy football. I mean, there are there's tens of millions of people who participate in fantasy football. Now, they're not really rooting for an NFL team. They're rooting for a team that they have put together themselves. And uh, it is bringing into the National Football League people that really – you know, they're not really uh, rabid supporters of any one team, but they're using uh, the games as a way of entertaining themselves. They're even going to be putting fantasy football statistics up on the, the big electronic, the big jumbo screens in these NFL stadiums because they, the crazy part is they want the people in the stadiums to feel that they're at home sitting and watching the games in their living room. So it's gotten to the point where the, the ideal way of watching your sporting events is in your uh, home in front of your big screen TV, and you're also using uh, your computer 
to keep up with all your fantasy uh, football statistics while you're doing this. And at the same time, you could be texting messages uh, to uh, to the players. Even you can get on the tweeter and start uh, giving them uh, giving them the business. I mean, that's another thing too. Is uh, players last year? I remember when Jay Cutler uh, had an injury in the NFC Championship game, and he wasn't able to continue. And he got nasty uh, Twitter messages from other players in the league. And so this is this is really changing uh, the face of sports. There's going to be more and more uh, interest and participation in sports, but uh, some of it is is not as as sportsmanlike as we would like it to be. We're, we're just going to have to accept that that this is this is part of the way that uh, society is going. It's becoming more open. It's becoming more encompassing, but it's also becoming. Uh, uh, you know, not not as nice as it should be in in some regards. In a way, fostering more unsportsmanlike conduct. Well, technology, all it's doing is it's making it easier. It's making it easier to get connected to uh, information and to get connected to other people. Now, once you're connected, what do you do with that connection? You can use it for good. And you could use it for not so good. But that really is, has nothing to say about technology from a moral standpoint because technology is, is really, there, there's really no morality involved with technology. It's like saying, you know, a, a typewriter is immoral because somebody wrote something that was terrible on it. Or a pen is immoral. A computer is, is basically, it's, it's an inanimate object. You know, and... Uh, it's the way that it's used that determines whether it's a good thing or a not so good thing. So I really, I, I think technology is just marvelous. I, you know, I sit here and I think about uh, what life was like for me in the 1980s. In the 1980s, uh, you had your sporting events on television or the radio, and then you had the newspaper, and and that was it. But now. You don't have to, you know, people don't have to uh, rely on, on that. They can go out, they can actually go right to these uh, websites for all these different teams, and they can get a lot of uh, raw information, and then they can be connecting with uh, bloggers, and they can be connecting with uh, people by Twitter, and, and, and they can stay connected as to their, how much that they, they want to stay connected. Um, I, I heard about some guys that were uh, actually uh, playing uh, mock uh, football games using uh, the John Madden software, and they had more interest in those games than they did in the actual National Football League or the college football. So uh, the technology is with us, and it's just going to continue to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And... Uh, I remember about 20 years ago when they put uh, cameras in the helmets of uh, football players in the, in the World League of American Football. Well, they, they stopped using it uh, because the time just wasn't there, but we could very well see that again. They've got the helmets in the, in the uh, helmets. They've got the cameras, and, and uh, uh, they have devices in the helmets of the quarterbacks in the NFL so that they can, they can give them the plays. 
They don't do that in college football yet, but uh, that could be on the way too. So uh, everybody is, is trying to use technology to make the game safer and to also uh, elevate the level of competition, which will make it more appealing to the fans. So as, as far as whether I'm for technology or not, I'm, I'm definitely for it. And I think it's, uh, it's always interesting to me because every year there's uh, something that's being done that hasn't been done before. And it makes, uh, it, makes it just uh, more uh, interesting and exciting because it gives all of the people involved uh, something else to learn and to work with. So, in a way, technology is just creating a whole new ball game. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> well, I guess it'll be exciting to see uh, what comes up in the future here. Well, I, I think you're going to be seeing uh, a lot of things. I, I think uh, what it gets down to is that the stadiums, they're going to be charging so much money to go to these games uh, that there's going to be so many amenities. And, and this means... Uh, making the game as much like being in your living room as they, as they possibly can. And that's what you're seeing in uh, places like this uh, Cowboy Stadium in Arlington, Texas. They call it the Texas Taj, the $1 billion stadium. Uh, we're going to see more of that. And I also think that because of technology, it's, it's possible that we may have an NFL team over in uh, England. It's always been an NFL game over in England for the last few years. And why is that possible? Well, because of technology. It wouldn't have been, it, it wouldn't have been possible to do that uh, back in the, in the 1960s or 70s. But now it's very likely that, uh, that you will have uh, NFL teams uh, overseas. And uh, the commissioner spoke about that last week. So, Yes, technology is definitely making it a whole new ball game. The only, uh, the only uh, big limit is on how much money is available uh, to to get that technology, because uh, if their money was available, believe me, they would be doing it at the high school level. And that's another thing that's kind of frightening. <laughs> yeah. Or at least we can avoid that day for a little longer. Well, uh, and until the economy turns around right. <laughs> and the money's there, and somebody will will try it. Because yeah. uh, it's anything where people can uh, draw a crowd and get some attention, uh, they will put money into it. Well, Mr. Greenberg, I want to thank you very much for uh, joining us today and, of course, talking about how uh, technology is reinventing sport. Uh, thank you so okay. much for your time. Thank you. Okay, so we would quickly like to play the game, the Grokatron yes, 5000. Yes. All right, it's time to play the game, the Grokatron 5000. It is our supercomputer, formerly known as Deep Blue. Okay. And today the Grokatron 5000 has chosen the topic, Technologically Savvy or a okay. Neil Luddite? Okay. <laughs> so for the following five uh, people, the Grokatron 5000 would like to know if you think they are technologically savvy or a neo-Luddite, and a little reason why. Okay. Okay, ready to play the game? Ready. Ready. Okay, here we go. Uh, person number one, uh, technologically savvy or a neo-Luddite, it's the golfer Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods, I'd have to say that he is a neo-Luddite <laughs> because he didn't know uh, how to keep that personal information from uh, getting disseminated. I bet he knows now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet he knows now, but so far he is a neo-Luddite. Uh, number two, it's former quarterback Brett Favre. 
Brett Favre, another neo-Luddite, <laughs> doesn't know how to use the technology and, and how to keep from getting painted into a corner. <laughs> Hard lessons learned, I think. <laughs> right. Okay, uh, number three, it's the Oakland A's uh, general manager, Billy Bean. Billy Bean, uh, well, I would say that he's technology uh, savvy. Have to be to run all the statistics, right? Ab- absolutely. Yeah. Uh, number four, uh, basketball player, uh, Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal, I think he's a, I think he's he's borderline. Uh, I think he I think he he thinks that he would like to be thought of as tech savvy, but I I think he tends in in a lot of ways to be a neo luddite. Well, he's got a lot on his uh, on his mind, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, and finally number five, it's the uh, former ice hockey player Wayne Gretzky. Well, Gretzky, I think he tries, but you got to remember there's a generational thing. I mean, he's he's older than uh, he's older than the other four guys. <laughs> I mean, but I I think he does as well as he can. But I I'd, I'd say that he's like I am, which is one jump ahead of the sheriff. All right. Uh, well, Mr. Greenberg, I want to uh, thank you sticking around, playing the game, and again talking about how uh, technology is reinventing sport. Thank you very much for your time. Well, thank you for having me. It was our pleasure. Take care. <laughs> okay. And that's all for this week's edition of the Grok Science Show. Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here, you can email us at science at groks.net. For Grok Science, I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.groks.net. Have a great afternoon and keep on grokking.